You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. The life you lead is based on a story you've created. And there are only two kinds of stories you can live into. One is based on what is. The other is based on what ought to be. The first is safe. The second one requires vision, risk-taking, and unshakable belief. Hey, hello, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm excited to announce that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of their service at www.audible.com audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That is www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. If you get value from today's show, please visit us on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us your rating and review. Then click subscribe. Also, definitely visit changeyourstorypodcast.com and download your free ebook, Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. I would love to hear from you, to get your impressions of the show, and to tell me the things that you would like to see in it going forward. You can reach me at Lewis, that's L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. Today's guest is a man who is driven by a vision of what ought to be. He sees himself as a seeker on a lifelong journey of personal development And he's currently applying the principles of personal growth to the world of real estate development. He's developed a concept called Profit with Purpose. We're going to hear more about Profit with Purpose in a few minutes, but here are a few facts about it. It includes a prototype to install a self-sufficient, master-planned workforce lodging village to serve 3,600 workers that can be built and installed in less than six months, and a master-planned residential community for 1,026 families that can be installed in less than 12 months, in addition to providing eco-friendly housing for thousands and thousands of people, it's Income potential for investors is upwards of $100 million in returns. The man's name is Anand Murthy. That is A-N-A-N-D, capital M-U-R-T-H-Y. I met Anand on my own journey of personal development, and it is with great pleasure that I can say Anand, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you very much for that warm introduction. It is my privilege and honor to be here with you, sir. It is an honor to be able to share uh, my journey as it unfolds and to help illuminate, illuminate the minds of the listeners to allow them to take bigger risks, to play a bigger game and to contribute in a bigger way. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you, Anand. I know that this is going to be an interesting, I won't call it an interview, I will call it a journey. Anand, where are you originally from? 
I was born in India and, uh, and I was blessed to be part of a family where we traveled every three years to a new destination. My father was in the uh, military engineering services and his work involved the uh, creation and construction of large civil engineering projects. So I guess development or construction was somewhere in my blood. Even though, even though I shied away from it during my education years. And he was responsible for, um, for building townships, bridges, um, railroads, dams, etc., large civil engineering projects. And uh, somewhere that has stuck with me. Uh, I've, I've had the good fortune of having traveled to every corner of India. We are a large country, uh, currently one point two odd billion people. That's about 40 times the size of Canada. <laughs> so for every Canadian you have, <laughs> you have 40 Indians. Think of it that way. And uh, I think the best way to illustrate the, the size, scale, and scope of the diversity that we are blessed to to experience is to is to highlight that India has 28 national languages, 676 dialects, and there are 20 28 states. Um, sometimes the the diversity between two states is so significant that uh, you could end up uh, you could your mother tongue may be so different from your neighboring state that it, that it may not may not even be comprehensible unless you make an effort to learn more than more than just your native tongue so we grew up learning five or six native languages and that's quite uh, quite common so i'm blessed wow. to have had have had that um, background and upbringing and to be able to bring that into into the Western world. Thank you so much for sharing that, Anand. I just learned something new. I mean, I knew that the population of India was enormous, but I had no idea about the 28 states and 676 dialects. Wow. That truly gives new meaning to the word diversity, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> now, in terms of language, you have a British accent. How did you develop that? Oh, it was early education. Um, all my education has happened in India. Uh, part of early education was in, uh, was in schools and convents run by nuns. Huh. Yeah, so um, as part of our uh, as part of our upbringing, we are um, we receive education along the along the British system, and we we are sort of encouraged to absorb and apply Queen's English. Very interesting. Another thing I didn't know is that you were educated by nuns. Yes, yes. Were they Catholic nuns? Yes. Uh, India has a very large Catholic population. The, I think the first, uh, so it was Vasco da Gama who came to, actually it was, was it St. I think it was St. Xavier or was it St. Francis, who came to Goa in, in, the, in 300 AD um, was the first uh, was probably the first occasion when uh, when someone from out west reached India. And then later on in the 1600s was uh, was the spice trade initiated by the Portuguese, and then came and then came the uh, English occupation of India for for a couple of hundred years from from the early uh, from the mid 1700s to the mid 1900s. And India gained its independence in 1947 um, by bringing together disparate states. The best way of of understanding India is to understand uh, each state in India as being equivalent to a country in Europe. This is fascinating. That is about the size and scale of India. And I'm grateful for for the history that um, that I've been exposed to of 
the the history of India goes back, uh, the recorded history goes back in some in some texts goes back upwards of ten thousand years, and and part of that has filtered into into our psyche as as we've grown up, and I'm grateful for that. You should be. That is an impressive history. I'm humbled, Anand. I'm just a kid from the Bronx. I'm sure there's a history behind that. Oh, yes. Anand, I would like to share with you that I, too, was educated by nuns between kindergarten and third grade. I don't know about your case, but I was definitely traumatized. Now, that would be the subject of a totally different podcast. For now, I would love to know about something you said that was very interesting, that when you were going to school, you shied away from the kind of work that your father did. Can you tell us more about that? As part of finding one's own identity, um, one goes through, at least I did, go through a phase of doing the exact opposite of what was, uh, what was presented to me or what might have been readily available. So if, if dad was a civil engineer, I wanted to be anything but a civil engineer. Did you have any idea as a young man, as a young kid, what you wanted to be when you grew up? Oh, yes. And it will come to pass. It has to do with space travel. Really? Explain that. Oh, uh, I had the, in my mind's eye, I had a picture of me looking at Earth as if, uh, as, as if I'm looking at the moon from the Earth. So that's what I, that's what I saw myself being and doing. Mm. Being able to, yes, uh, being able to see, um, shall we call it, Earth rise from the moon instead of moon rise from the Earth. So you would be able to see Earth rise instead of moon rise. Yes. You have a very vivid imagination that today serves you well in everything that you do. When you decided to study, what exactly did you choose? I was, uh, I was very good at academics, and, um, and I did well with, with physics, maths, uh, mathematics, and, and obviously the languages. Anything that involved um, creative imagination was my forte. And uh, we, we, as I mentioned earlier, we moved from one location to another. And that was fantastic to be able to, to create new friends, new places. Um, and that gave, that gave the confidence to be able to start afresh in any environment under any circumstances. So traditional education all the way up to grade 12, uh, then went on to do mechanical engineering, uh, then went on to do my master's in business administration. The institution that we went to had, I think, 67, 67 seats in, in general admission, and there were close to 27,000 applicants for those 67 seats. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Harvard has 880 students, and there are about 5,500 applicants. This is very eye-opening. I interviewed another friend of mine a few weeks ago who is a very successful entrepreneur originally from India, and he talked about the intense competition that he faced when he was in school and how that became the fuel for his need to excel. And I'm sure that that has played into your dynamic as well. Also, I want to go back to a statement you made that I find intriguing. You talked about being drawn to anything that involves creativity. And then you said that you were very good at physics and mathematics. They definitely involve analytical skills, and a very sharp intellect. To what degree do you associate physics and mathematics with creativity that we normally attribute to the arts? So there are, um, there are two kinds of imagination. There is the 
there is a synthetic imagination and then there is the creative imagination. Um, I would thank you for bringing this up. It would be more accurate to say that my forte uh, lies largely with synthetic imagination, which is applied creativity. Never knew that. I'm learning a lot here today. Uh, thank you. And none of this is uh, is original. These are, this is like you, I've learned from many masters, including Andrew Carnegie and Napoleon Hill. And I make it a point to to brainwash myself with with good information from those who have been, who have shown, um, demonstrated success in the past. Andrew Carnegie, uh, Andrew Carnegie was at that time in 1907, I think, worth $400 million, which maybe in today's, in today's terms is 400 billion. And he was a, he was a wise man. He, he, did a lot to understand what it is, what he did that that allowed him to change his future and recorded some of uh, some of the most astounding uh, astoundingly insightful works in in his talks to Napoleon Hill and I've made it a point to study and absorb from uh, from Carnegie amongst others please name a few books that reveal this valuable information Sure. Uh, of course, there is Napoleon Hill's uh, Think and Grow Rich. But if one were to to dig a little deeper, one would see that Think and Grow Rich is really a uh, it's really a 248 page sales letter <laughs> for Napoleon Hill's 17 success principles and possibly the most potent um, compilation of, of wisdom is, uh, is one of Napoleon Hill's lesser-known works titled Andrew Carnegie's Words of Wisdom for Napoleon Hill. It requires a little bit of searching, but it's available. And, so, and some libraries even have digital copies of it, which you may be able to find on Overdrive. Thank you for that. To our listeners, remember that you can get free access to this life-changing material at audible.com. Audible has a special offer. Go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and download a free audio book. You can choose from 180,000 titles that you'll be able to listen to on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That is www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Very interesting that you brought up Audible because um, the audiobook version of Napoleon Hill's wisdom as told, sorry, Andrew Carnegie's Wisdom as Told to Napoleon Hill is available on audible.com. Oh, thank you. That is great news. Anand, you are a very positive human being. You aspire to and usually live in your higher self. I would like to know, and I'm sure that our listeners would love to know, was there ever a time when you lived in a negative story? Yes, I did. Um, I did go through a. Uh, I did confront a bout of uh, a bout of depression when I was seventeen, I think, uh, after uh, after grade twelve, and this is where it used me to um, to Wayne Dyer's uh, your erroneous zones, and that started off a. That was the pivoting point. So it it initiated the concept of personal responsibility, starting with one's with the choice of one's own thoughts, with the beliefs that one holds and the paradigms that one chooses to entertain. And uh, I I remember being a very angry person as well. 
And that problem, that still continued for a few years after. And there was also, uh, there was also an occasion where I, I, w- I was at Vipassana meditation. So Vipassana meditation is a form of meditation that apparently the Buddha used in order to attain Nirvana, uh, enlightenment or union with um, union with the creator by by uh, escape not escaping by being released from this circle from this cycle of ongoing birth and death and suffering so it is a process uh, of introspection where you go into silence for about 10 days but it's guided silence and you're you're given a series of experiences one of the experiences uh, that I was blessed to to go through, which a lot of us who go through this 10-day course do, is where we start to experience ourselves as energy beyond the physical, uh, beyond physical matter. So we actually start to experience ourselves as energy, parts of us. We go through an experience of dissolution, as in dissolve, dissolution, D-I-S-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N, dissolution, where the material self dissolves and you start to experience yourself as energy at a cellular level, Um, the birth, the, the sustenance, and the death of cells. And... One of the very powerful learnings imparted by the master at that point is where he asks you to consider you're going through life with all these attachments, such as my, my car, my boat, my house, my family, my this, my that, my anger, my jealousy, my, 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 and yet you've just experienced that the anchor to which all this my, 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 my is tied just went poof. It dissolved. That anchor itself is an illusion. You are energy. So what is it that you're holding on to with such, with such fervor? What anger are you holding on to? What jealousy are you holding on to? And that was a moment of epiphany that allowed me to to change my story to become more present and not that i i don't feel uh, feel the emotions that one goes through but i'm also able to view view these as an observer not just as a participant and i'm able to make decisions on on how quickly i want to let go of something or keep it if it is if it is a good emotion if it is something that that serves me well, then then I'd like to sustain it. But if it is not, I know I'm experiencing, say, anger or fear or jealousy. And I'm aware of what is being played out on the screen, but I'm also the I'm also the person in the in booth who is screening the and who can decide what what gets projected on the screen. I love what you just said. You are talking my language. My concept of change your story, change your life is not just an intellectual idea. It's based on the truth that I learned as an actor, that we are always playing a role. We are always playing a character. Actors are aware of that, and they make the choices consciously, Most of us are playing a character, and we're making the choices unconsciously. But we are, at every single moment, projecting a story onto a screen and then living into it. Sometimes that story is extremely negative, and we think it is an outside circumstance. And it's not. It's something that we're creating And the great news is that if you're creating it, you can change it. You can change your story and change your life. Anand, please share a few more thoughts about your depression. What triggered it? And specifically, what did you experience when you were going through it? When I reflect upon it, that depression was caused by a lack of purpose. 
was a lack of things to productively engage myself with. I was not driven by something bigger than myself. Now, this, uh, so uh, one hears of, for example, postpartum depression, and that, that happens after, after a peak experience. And while I've not had I've not had an experience of the same intensity as childbirth, I can relate to that in that this was after after my grade twelve and and one has to one has to work diligently towards towards academic success in grade twelve in order to in order to make it one of the few colleges that have seats available, et cetera, et cetera. I've already told you about the competition for seats. But mm-hmm. after that, it is, as with any peak experience, if you do not immediately set, set the next goal, you have a now what moment. And, and the, the garden that is not tended with, to produce flowers will automatically produce weeds. And and plenty of weeds did I produce. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Now, as a reminder, you mentioned an important book before that was pivotal in turning you around, in helping you to change your story. And it was Wayne Dyer's book, Your Erroneous Zones. Wayne Dyer's Your Erroneous Zones. Wayne Dyer has written many transformational books. Another one that I highly recommend is The Power of Intention. That has particular meaning to me, again, because of my acting background. When I discovered that book, it blew my mind because he's talking about creating your reality by setting a very clear intention. And the basis of all acting, whenever you do scene work in in an acting class, the foundation for doing a powerful scene is to set a strong, clear intention and commit to it. Work from beginning to end to accomplish your intention. Once again, life and acting are using the exact same principles. That is so exciting to me, and it should be also to all of you listening. Something that you just triggered, Lewis. Bob Proctor talks about two, uh, two works quite often. One is Stella Adler's The Art of Acting, and the other is, uh, is um, what's his name? Lawrence of Arabia. The actor was Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole, exactly, um, on the tip of my tongue. So uh, he talks about how uh, studying Peter O'Toole in his performance in Lawrence of Arabia is something he he does on a on a regular basis in order to get into the get into the spirit of being the person that you're emoting. So like. Cary Grant once said, I was acting out Cary Grant so often that I became him. Exactly. There's a wonderful acting book called Acting is Believing. Everything that we do, the realities that we live into, are based on our beliefs. And our beliefs are created by our thoughts that form our language that then influence our actions, and our actions become our results, our reality. If you can live into any reality at all, why not live into a reality of abundance, into a reality of joy, and give up living into a reality of victim? Yes, victim. So many of us, in any moment that we find ourselves complaining feeling that, oh, life is tough and circumstances outside of ourselves are creating so much pain, we are living into a victim story. Change it. Stop playing the victim and begin playing the victor. Begin playing the hero 
and the heroine. Indeed. Why not, if you have a choice, why not make the choice to play an empowered character, an empowering character, instead of being, instead of conforming to what you see around you? Um, Earl Nightingale, in his masterpiece, The Stranger's Secret, uh, which, uh, as an aside, uh, one of my passion projects is to is to have the, the Stranger's Secret played on CBC Radio um, somewhere before the New Year, because it it is such a such a wonderful wonderful kick in the pants for people to think about creating a life by design. And what better time to think of creating a life by design? than when you're preparing for the new year instead of simply being inundated by uh, by marketing messages of, of how you're inadequate until you buy, buy, buy this or buy that or buy whatever the heck it is. Um, so the strangest secret, masterpiece. And in that, he quotes uh, Rollo May, who says, in today's world, the opposite of courage is not cowardice. It is conformity. Oh, I like that. Rollo May. Didn't he write a book called Love and Will? It escapes me at the moment. That's okay. It will come to us. You know, I'm really excited about something that I want to share with all of you listeners today. I always have a roadmap, which is a list of questions that I'm going to ask my guests. It's a guideline. I'm not married to it. I'm not attached to it. The most important thing is for me to listen to my guests and to go with what they're giving me. Very often, something they will say will trigger a new question, and that way the interview remains spontaneous, and it has a great flow to it. Well, I'm really happy that right now we are in major flow. The questions are in the background, but what you're hearing is just developing between Anand and myself, and quite frankly, I don't even remember the last question I asked him. (laughs) Because we're... we're, No, No, really, I love the way this is happening. Okay, Anand, what would you say is the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome in order to achieve your success. Describe it in a nutshell. The space between my right and left ear, really. (laughs) That's a nutshell. That's a nutshell. (laughs) There's a nut and there's a shell. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Now, can you take us beyond the nutshell? Uh, A pity answers apart. The uh, the realization was that once I changed the stories I was telling myself, I changed who I was being in the world outside, how I was occurring, um, the language, behavior, the energy I was projecting. And that changed the kind of people that I, that I attracted, the ideas that I that I attracted, that I allowed myself to be a channel to. Um, And I forget who it was who said, I'm grateful for the idea that has used me. And I, I can say that with every fiber of my being, I have that sense of gratitude. I'm grateful for all the ideas that have used me and all that have, that will use me as, uh, as a vehicle. And that, that came about, that came about only because of this decision, conscious decision to to change the story from within. That is some powerful stuff, my friend. Anand, a wonderful mentor of mine recently said, if your why isn't something that you're willing to take a bullet for, then it's not a strong enough why. By why, of course, we mean the purpose that drives your life. Would you agree with that? And what is your why? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, wow. 
my big why in this in this innings of a lifetime is to is to be be the catalyst that kickstarts a an applied learning foundation an educational foundation for 10,000 children every year where they where they live and breathe in an immersive environment where abundance where the four pillars i call them the four pillars of abundance thinking collaboration entrepreneurship and financial literacy are are ever present imagine for a moment if you can if you can think of kids in the second and third grade forming groups creating barters and trades with each other i will teach you this if you teach me that etc so that the the group as a whole accelerates its learning its application versus becoming individual islands of excellence which is how the present school system is designed to is designed to create we we are taught competition in school whereas in the world outside really the way to to move ahead and to magnify uh, even to create quantum leaps is through collaboration and andrew carnegie once uh, again wise man he said this he gave him 400 million in 1907 400 billion in today's in today's world so probably the old man had something to uh, something to offer so one of his words one of his statements was the accumulation of great fortune calls for power and power comes from highly organized intelligently directed specialized knowledge but and this is a big but the person with the fortune need not be the one with the specialized knowledge and this statement is now the crux around which around which my life and its work my life's work revolves to to make it known by being a living example that i do not have to have the specialized knowledge that i can assemble the people who have specialized knowledge in order to achieve a goal and for this to become a guiding principle even during even in school for second and third grade kids for them to understand viscerally emotionally that value is created not in hoarding but in creation in exchange value is created in flow imagine kids creating games with each other where they trade and therefore they understand that value is created when you start when you start exchanging ideas gifts the gifts that a has with b and c or groups of kids coming together and i see this happening from grade 1 to 12 and i i see myself as being the the catalyst to create a generation of job takers rather than third job makers rather than just job takers beautifully and powerfully expressed anand thank you and i will take a bullet for that thank you <laughs> <laughs> well the bullet won't be coming from me anand do you have a website that people can visit where they can get a taste of the ideas the philosophy that you're expressing and the kind of culture that you're promoting Thank you. Um, the website would be bridgeportdevelopments.com. Bridgeport, B-R-I-D-G-E-P-O-R-T, D-Developments, D-E-V-E-L-O-P-M-E-N-T-S.com. One word, bridgeportdevelopments.com. And, uh, and there's also a link there to About Me, which uh, which highlights my my purpose and my big why in fact that's a shorter uh, web link it's http colon double forward slash bit dot ly bitly bit dot ly slash my big why two so that's m y capital m b i g capital b y 
all caps, W-H-Y, the number two, my big Y, two. And that will take you to, to a page where I've outlined my life's purpose and, and how I will go about achieving it. In fact, this was again inspired by an episode contained in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, probably page 78, I think, in which the Reverend Frank Gonzalez talks about what he would do if he had a million dollars. And this is a sermon that he delivered extempore. Uh, it's a fascinating story, fascinating story. There's even a link on, on this link that I just shared, which will take you to the story. Um, the Reverend knew that there was something wrong with the education system that he wanted to fix. And he had this idea in his mind for over two years. And he made a decision at one point of time that he was going to raise a million dollars within the next week. And he talks about how, when he made that decision, even though he had no, no facts to go with it, he just knew he was going to have it achieved one way or another. He felt a sense of lightness. And the question that came to him was, why didn't I do this earlier? And because he, he had this burning desire for a definite major purpose, that vision was so clearly implemented, it was so clearly uh, visualized in his non-conscious that, it was, that he, was, he was channeling something even beyond him. In fact, when he went to deliver the sermon, he found that in his excitement to get to the pulpit, he had left his notes behind, but there was hardly any time to go back. So he just closed his eyes and let it flow. As it happened, there was one gentleman in the audience sitting at the very back who came to him at the end of the sermon, said, uh, Reverend, I've heard you, and I believe that you will do everything you can. Come to my office tomorrow and I will give you a check for a million dollars. And this was in the early 1900s. And that was the armor. He, the gentleman who arrived was Philip D. Armour. And that was the beginning of the Armour Institute, which then went on to become the Illinois Institute of Technology. That is a powerful example of the law of attraction. It excites me also because this goes right to the essence of what Change Your Story, Change Your Life is all about. The idea that if you will have the faith to believe in something before you see it, before you have any evidence for it, and then act upon that faith, take actions to make it happen, don't be concerned with how it's going to happen, that you will create the reality that you put your faith in. This is a game changer. I hope that everyone listening really gets this and that you are willing to put this to the test, to take a risk, to make some significant changes in your life. You have absolutely nothing to lose and so much to gain. Indeed. And in fact, that was also one of Wayne Dyer's books, if I'm not mistaken. You will, you will see it when you believe it. Yes, it is. You'll see it when you believe it, The Way to Your Personal Transformation by Wayne Dyer. Now, talking about books, earlier we mentioned the name Rollo May, R-O-L-L-O May, M-A-Y. And we were thinking of titles. The two titles that I now recall are Love and Will, and the courage to create. Remember that you'll most likely be able to find these as audio downloads at audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Not only will you be able to choose one for free, but you'll get a free trial of the Audible service. Definitely check it out. Anand, let's shift gears into another fascinating topic. There's a futuristic movement 
called The Singularity. I'm certain that you're aware of it, and you may very well be involved in it. What is your take on it, and are you involved in it at this moment? Since the idea of singularity and has many different facets to it, um, there's physics, there is metaphysical, emotional, spiritual. Tell me more about in what context you wanted, uh, you brought this up. Yes, I'm talking about technological singularity. The hypothesis that the invention of artificial superintelligence will abruptly trigger runaway technological growth, resulting in unfathomable changes to human civilization. Okay, perfect. I'll, and one of the things I didn't get, I didn't mention earlier, which was immediately triggered, was I am, um, I am a an avid follower of the work of Peter Diamandis and Ray Kurzweil. Absolutely. Both are leaders in the Singularity Movement. Exactly. And the founders of Singularity University. And uh, I love, the, uh, I love the, the thought and the facts behind, um, behind Diamandis' abundance thinking and, and the and how he gives us enough and more reason to see that the future is better than, than we believe, or even the present is way better than where we were in the past, statistically. And it's an amazing TED Talk for anyone who, who wishes to look that up, 12 Minutes of Gold. And, and then there is the book itself, Abundance. Now he has his co-authored Bolt, which is the follow-up. Allow me to repeat those three powerful resources that you just talked about. The first is a TED Talk called 12 Minutes of Gold by Peter Diamandis. You may search for it by looking for Diamandis' Abundance TED Talk. The second is a book called Abundance by Peter Diamandis and Stephen Kettler. Diamandis is D-I-A-M-A-N-D-I-S, Diamandis, and Cutler is K-O-T-L-E-R. The third is also a book by Peter Diamandis and Stephen Cutler called Bold, How to Go Big, Create Wealth, and Impact the World. I recently listened to the audiobook of, of Bold. I'm also reading it on Kindle, and it is, it's a page-turner. When you're listening to it, you're completely involved in what he's talking about. It is a vision of the world that is so exciting. I mean, Abundance, the subtitle is, The Future is Better Than You Think. And these men are not Talking about woo-woo, they are grounded in science. Absolutely will change your story and change your life. So I'm, now, I'm harnessing some of the ideas that came out of Singularity U and, uh, and even Diamandis' um, own experience by, by putting together and by being the catalyst for a contest called Inner, called housing innovation challenge where i'm challenging uh, i'm challenging designers from across the world to come together for a substantial prize that will the the outcome of which is to create an implementable blueprint for workforce housing and residential lodging that can deliver a large number of high quality homes for uh, within a shorter span of time and and within manageable costs. Now, when you think about it, mankind has figured out how to launch a spaceship to the moon for less than $5 million per launch. And, and that number is falling. It used to be, it used to be a billion per launch, it, which dropped to 100 million. And now, Naveen Jain with Rocket Labs is 
is readying himself for two rocket ships to the moon for as part of his moon express program and the budget there is a five million dollars per launch okay he's got two launches planned and this is in order to uh, this is in order to, to compete and win the spacex prize for uh, for flight to the moon any significant development or several significant developments happened as a result of a challenge um, Lindbergh flew from uh, from the U.S. to Paris as a result of the challenge. Mm. Now, what was it? Virgin Galactic won the won the initial X Prize to send to send man into outer space, which is which is a hundred kilometer. Uh, altitude above the earth's surface to do it twice within a two week period and to and and for it to be privately funded those were the criteria that diamandis laid out but his um, his knowing there was that we can fuel uh, any number of such quantum leaps by using the concept of a challenge human beings love contests we love challenges why not use it for good? So I'm using the same idea that came out of uh, Singularity U and Diamandis to, to accelerate the development of two real estate, develop, real estate projects, master plan communities. If you think about it, if, if man can send a rocket ship to the moon for five million, why should it take three years or five years and hundreds of millions of dollars to provide good quality, affordable housing. Why? There uh-huh. really isn't a reason. In fact, McKinsey, uh, the consulting company, did a, did, did a study and they have highlighted why construction as an industry is ripe for disruption. Most of the projects, a majority of the projects, are at least 20% over time budget and and sometimes 80% over cost budget mm-hmm. because construction is a is a serialized process that hasn't really changed since since uh, the time of uh, the time of Adam one would say if uh, Volkswagen or Ford has figured out how to produce one car every 7 minutes if Boeing has figured out how to turn out 47 jets, Boeing 737s every month. 47 Boeing 737s every month. Okay, each each aircraft has 368,000 parts and probably an equal number of rivets, bolts, nuts, and joints, plus about 58 kilometers of wiring. And in effect, they are turning out one such one such aircraft every 17 hours and this was in this was probably in 1998 or 2000 it may have uh, it may have improved even further where is that level of quantum quantum leap when it comes to construction why is it still such a horribly serialized process uh, when you have uh, when you have natural events that require thousands of homes to be created within a short span of time. How does it serve anyone to have, to have to wait six months for 20 or 30 homes to be put up instead of being able to put up 600 homes in, in 20 days? In, there is technology today where, whereby a 57-story building was put up in 19 days. And now with 3D printing, they can create miracles in construction that seem like science fiction. Literally build maybe 10 homes in one or two days. Diamandis actually talks about this in bold. Indeed. And uh, and this company, Broad Sustainable Buildings, BSB, uh, Broad Sustainable Buildings, they have a blueprint for a 200-story structure that will house a hundred thousand people so it is a vertical village 
which will go from which will go from initiation to move in which means initiation in the factory to move in into the building in 6 months wow so they're now actively scouting for locations where where the regulations and demand will permit this to happen that is so exciting it makes me think again of Kurzweil's book, Ray Kurzweil's book, The Singularity is Near. What is the name of that company again? BSB, Broad Sustainable Buildings. On, on the web, it's broad.com, B-R-O-A-D, broad.com. Thank you. Anand, as we come into the final stretch, share with us where you see yourself five years from today. What a fascinating question. I am in the process of, uh, I'll take a step back. I, I'm in my flow state and I serve in my highest and best capacity when I'm a catalyst, a fire starter. And when I bring people together to, to continue what I've initiated. So I see myself as having successfully attracted the right kind of people with the right skill set to take this vision to reality. And the people that I'm attracting are the kinds who, who have been around the block a few times, who are hungry for a challenge because they, they know there is a better way. There is always a better way. And who have the mindset, who have the experience of a 60-year-old and the curiosity of a five-year-old. So that is the caliber of people that I'm attracting uh, to, to this particular vision who want to create something bigger than themselves. And like Jobs, Steve Jobs told Scully, you can either continue selling sugared water or you can change the world. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you are interested in changing the world. I don't think that you have any other options. It's part of your DNA. That's what enriches you, and it enriches those that you come into contact with as you develop your vision. Exactly. And um, Bob Proctor and several of our mentors, shared mentors, will say this. The spirit is always for expansion and fuller expression, and I seek to create that increase for myself, and very importantly, for everyone that I associate with, people who work with me, people who invest with me, and people who support me. So I serve as a, I serve as a catalyst, and I serve as a candle that lights 10,000 other candles. What a beautiful image. Thank you for that. How can people contact you? Would you like them to use email? Sure. Uh, a Murthy, A M U R T H Y, at bridgeportdevelopments.com, or my phone number, and this is a direct cell phone number, 416-857-6035. Or better yet, get in touch with my friend, Louis DiBianco, De, and he will put you in touch with me. Absolutely. My pleasure. I want to acknowledge you for, for what you are doing to change the way of thinking of those that you come into, come into contact with, of the people whose lives you touch, because you are allowing them to see a different version of reality from what they may have experienced thus far. And... And some of it may already be for those, it may be for those who are already on the, on the path and for whom this becomes a, a message of hope, a message of encouragement, a message of support. And I, and I acknowledge you for the good work you're doing. Thank you so much, Anand, for those words. I'm touched, I'm honored, and I totally receive that. My heartfelt thanks to every one of you who listened in today and joined us on this exciting journey. I would love to hear 
your impressions of what you got from Anand Murthy and your overall impressions of the show, you can reach me at lewis at changeyourstorypodcast.com. And Lewis is L-O-U-I-S. Also, remember to visit us on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you got value from the show, leave us a rating and review and click subscribe. Then, definitely visit changeyourstorypodcast.com and take advantage of the free gift, the ebook. Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Absolutely, don't forget to visit audibletrial.com forward slash story power, where you can claim any one of the many rich books that we talked about today on the show. Now, during the next week, think about this. Are you truly happy with what is in your life? Do you feel that there is something missing that really ought to be? Then be inspired by Anand Murthy and take your first step toward making it a reality, toward manifesting it, and begin by asking, How can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.